0: We welcome back somebody who's been on the program a number of times. He's always done a great job, and he has a great job and does a great job at the great job. He is International Secretary Treasurer of the United Steelworkers. The USW, he is the second highest ranking USW official. The first, you all know him, President Leo Girard. More than a pleasure to have back International Secretary Treasurer of the USW, Mr. Stan Johnson. Mr. Johnson, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon and welcome. Mr. Johnson? Yes. Hi. For Hi. Good afternoon. I appreciate it. Good I oh, Mr. Johnson, more than a pleasure to have you with us. You know, we hear China in the news. Whether it says made in before on the inside of Donald Trump's hats and t-shirts, whether it is a politician talking about China and its evil, or whether we have somebody on you on the like you on the program talking about facts who's not running for office, is not looking for personal gain or somebody to write a check. But China's economy is certainly impacting the U.S. economy. And this, not what Donald Trump has to say about somebody, should be front and center in our news. Do you agree?
1: No, I absolutely agree. Uh, I, I don't know how many people are, or t- apparently too many people are listening to Donald Trump right now. But uh, I think that will wane at some point in time, surely.
0: Uh, Mr. Johnson, some people would say, OK, you know, let's look at China. And some people would say, when you do business with, business with the devil, what can you expect? But let's talk about China. They have violated international trade standards, and they've done it to prop up its economy and to preserve jobs there. And some might say, well, yeah, but that's that's China. How does they're violating international trade standards? you know, What, what does that do to us? How does it touch on, upon our economy? How does it affect negatively our employment? Our job market, our ability to create jobs and to increase manufacturing and producing products.
1: Well, it's look, the whole thing is ludicrous. When you look and think about what has happened in the market in the last six days prior to today, a bit of a recovery today, we've lost $2.1 trillion in our stock market because of the Chinese economy slowing down. $2.1 $2.1 trillion. The total Chinese stock value market is about $10 trillion total. So now we have a totalitarian state, communist-run state, impacting our markets to the tune of about 10%. Uh, if people don't understand how China matters, all you have to look at the, is the last six days. Now, we can talk a whole lot more about what's happened over the last uh, 10 years, 15 years, and how the trade deficit with China has impacted jobs. But just in the last six days, $2.1 trillion impacted in our economy because of a Chinese government uh, economy that is faltering, and a total va- market value there worth only $10 trillion in comparison. It's amazing.
0: Would it be fair to say that this is – something that has punched america and specifically american middle-class workers in the gut just like when somebody punches you in the gut and knocks the wind out of you
1: well i think maybe we're taking more than punches in the gut at this point i think we're taking punches maybe straight to the head Um, the chinese government as you said has violated trade laws uh, consistently not just occasionally but consistently they have subsidized their industries Uh, They just recently devalued their currency to the point of 4.4%, which is, in essence, a 4.4% export subsidy for them and a 4.4% tariff for anybody that wants to trade with China. That's on top of subsidies where we've filed trade cases where we've had the ITC award award, uh, tariffs based upon subsidies as high as 200%. Uh, You know, you can't compete with a 200% subsidized project from anywhere in the world. Uh, And then the first time their economy hiccups, then what do they do? They manipulate their currency as they have been doing artificially lowering their currency for years or keeping it low for years. And then when their economy hits a a bump, they lower it again by 4.4% over three days.
0: I want to break this down so that people understand, because, you know, some people read and follow a lot about China, about trade, about import and export, and some people don't understand fully. So let's just break it down. China has, I mean, first and foremost, been illegally subsidizing exports. What does that mean to the American consumer? What does that mean to the American worker? How is China doing it, and can we have some specifics so that people fully grasp what an illegal subsidization of exporting does by a nation the size of China?
1: Uh, illegally, subsidization occurs when the state-owned entity, and sometimes the state-owned company, is subsidized and allowed to make product at less than true cost, even, even considering the lower wage rates in China at less than true cost. That allows them to sell product worldwide, not just in the U.S., but worldwide at rates that no one else can even come close to comparing to. All of our companies have to compete on a level playing field in the whole global market. We can't subsidize because of the WTO rules, because we follow the rules. Uh, They are subsidizing. They are putting import tariffs in. They are doing everything they can to keep their economy growing and keep their people Working now. I'm not saying they're trying to build a middle class because it's totalitarian, and I don't know that they're really caring about the middle class. But they're they're building massive war chests of money, uh, that that one of these days that will come back to haunt all of us.
0: And and another aspect to this, obviously, is the manipulation of its currency, which we've talked about along uh, with the the, uh, deficit that we have with import-export with China, with trade deals like TPP, et cetera. Uh, But let's talk about that manipulation of currency. Obviously, the goal for China in uh, manipulating their currency – um, is to keep their, their factories open, right, to keep their factories uh, working, to keep their, factor, uh, their factories, in, you know, filled with employees who are producing and producing a lot and a lot more than perhaps we are because their stuff's made of crap. That's why you have three T-shirts for 10 bucks. They fall apart after one wash.
1: Well, they're not only just made of crap. They're actually oftentimes tainted with very dangerous chemicals uh, that are not only impacting the quality but impacting the health of, of the consumers that happen to be buying them. But yes, they are uh, lowering the value of their currency to keep their economy humming. And their economy, by the way, is is faltering to a degree, but it's still growing at 7%, which happens to be about twice uh, the rate of growth uh, in the U.S. So it's not like they're flat on their face. It is that they are reacting very quickly because they're an export-based economy. When they build these factories, they're not building these factories for, for consumption within the country. They have about 300 million so-called middle-class people in China. Uh, that's all. And that 300 million so-called middle-class people in China are not consuming all, you know, even a substantial portion of the goods that are being produced in China. Uh, they are exporting those goods to build wealth for the state.
0: Two things: one, we, the United States of America, is it correct that we have failed to even confront China on these and about these abuses? And B, if so, why? Hello. Yes, can you hear oh, me? I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, have, um, yeah, have uh, we
1: failed to confront
0: absolutely? And, and why?
1: Well, I think part of it is that the multinational corporations are so enamored with the fact that the Chinese population is so large and and there's a perception of an ability to go and play in China and sell product in China. And most companies, quite frankly, that I have that I deal with and talk with on a regular basis, don't make money in China at all. It's this hope and perception that someday the Chinese economy will flourish. What they don't take into consideration is that the Chinese government is indeed totalitarian, controlling all aspects of the people, the economy, communications, everything that's going on, and their desire is not to grow a democratized economy that is full of uh, middle-class consumers. Their desire is to continue to build this export economy and hoard world money and control world power.
0: Now, the United Steelworkers and other labor unions, other industry unions, have won individual trade cases against Chinese practices. Um, uh, correct? Uh, and if and in that, that's just chipping away at this huge uh, mountain, if you will. And and like you said, with their totalitarian regime, um, and when you look at what they're doing with their manipulating of currency. And their illegal subsidization of exports um, and ignoring uh, trade agreements. Uh, the, the bottom line is that these violations have closed the factories of America, cost uh, millions of American jobs. So you guys are doing an awesome job winning individual uh, trade cases, but you need more than this, right? I mean, this this sort of just you know pokes the side of the giant.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm not even sure we're poking the side of the giant. Our trade cases have in all honesty very little impact on the Chinese economy overall they have significant impact for our members the sad thing about filing trade cases is before you can file a trade case you have to prove injury that means that you have to already show that you have substantial job loss and that the industry is in dire straits that's before you can even file it then you've got to go through the process and even if you win the case the damage has already occurred in most cases And while you get some relief for a period of time, usually five years or so, uh, that period of relief doesn't go back and rebuild the factories that were closed. It doesn't go back and replace the hundreds and thousands and millions of jobs that have been lost. It simply says you can't do this again for a set period of time. So, you know, that's kind of putting a a, Band-Aid after you've already had a mortal wound.
0: We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about this very important issue. We want you to call us. You have questions. I have a lot of questions here, and we only have Mr. Johnson on for one hour. So if you want to call, call now, 888 6 leslie 888-653-7543. That's the number. You might have a question about the currency manipulation. You might have a question about what needs to be done because, you know, one thing I have to say is that Mr. Johnson – And those at the USW, like he, international secretary, treasurer there, they're being very honest and they're trying, but more has to be done. So find out. We're going to find out from Mr. Johnson what we can do, what more has to be done, because we have power, not just with our vote, but with our emails, our letter writing, our phone calls. To our leaders, our nation's leader, what can our nation do? Because the U.S. has been silent to these abuses by China. This is hurting Americans. This is hurting our factories, our productivity, and certainly hurting our jobs. Pick up the phone and join us if you have questions or you have comments. We welcome those. 888-6LESLIE, 888 Don't go away. That's to call us. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Tweet me there. You can follow the USW, at USW Blogger. We'll be back right after this.
1: Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6 Leslie.
0: Workers, of the USW, Mr. Stan Johnson, and Mr. Johnson, and I are talking about China, their economy, and its impact on the United States. Uh, Mr. Johnson, thank you for holding, and uh, let's take some calls. And first up, we go to Jeff in Santa Fe, New Mexico, line two. Jeff, good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest, Mr. Johnson. Jeff, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon. Uh, I have a question uh, regarding. What I particularly find particularly ironic, I'm a Vietnam veteran, and I started to see more and more, if you will, clothing made in Vietnam, in the United States. And what I get from particularly watching China in the past few days it, is that maybe we have the domino theory completely wrong, but uh, at the moment, I would think that China is the big domino player, so, you know, as far as controlling economics, so. I'll take my answer up here, or at least a point or two. Thank you very much.
0: All right, Mr. Johnson. Thank you, Jeff. Mr. Johnson.
1: Well, I certainly understand what he, is, what Jeff is seeing in, uh, in clothing. It's not just China, it's Indonesia, Thailand, uh, kind of all the trans-Pacific, uh, a lot of the trans-Pacific nations, uh, which is another whole subject matter to have a discussion about. Uh, but is China having... China is having an impact that an economy of that size should not have. Uh, Without a doubt, they are having a substantial impact. Uh, They are a huge nation of people. They have total control, so they have, as I said earlier, have based their economy on an export model to build wealth uh, for a, a few of the Chinese people, Uh, And they've been, quite frankly, very successful at that. So, yes, they are having an inordinate impact for the size of the economy that they are. But, again, as I said earlier, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that so many multinationals believe somehow that they're going to have access and the ability to earn in that economy, that they're willing to tread water, make little uh, profit, uh, and continue to to hope that that uh, comes to fruition someday, which, then allows the Chinese uh, far more power than they should be entitled to.
0: I have, a, I have a question from uh, someone via email. His name is Rich. He is in Phoenix, Arizona. And he said he heard a rumor this morning that Tyson is or has closed its plants in the United States. And that they're starting to sh- uh, ship chicken to China and process that chicken there, sent it back to the United States. He wanted to know, one, if you know it's true. And if it's true, how are we going to know it's safe to eat uh, since China has a terrible record uh, with lead in their toys and ferrier steel to build bridges? And uh, they obviously still do business. they got contracts to build bridges here in the United States. Uh, any response to that, Mr. Johnson?
1: Well, you, he's right. You're right. Uh, everyone in this country should be highly suspicious, very concerned. Uh, the Chinese have been pumping uh, toys into this country, for instance, uh, that contain high levels of lead, which is horrendously dangerous to, to young children. Uh We have no way to test all of the uh, food products that that Tyson or others may choose to try to take to China, have processed cheap and and shipped back over here. So I think we are all at huge risk, but we don't have to be. Uh, We can simply say we're not going to buy it. I mean, the power of the consumer is astounding if the consumer would voice their opinion, if the consumer would look to see where is the product where is the the origin of the product now there are many many international laws that have to be dealt with because now there are a lot of people in the US trying to get uh nation okay. of origin uh Declaration uh, uh, off of food.
0: Abso- ab- abso- absolutely. Uh, Mr. Johnson, we're going to continue this conversation. We have more calls. We have tweets. We have emails. And I have some more questions as well. We'll be back with Mr. Stan Johnson, international secretary, treasurer of the USW. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger. Check out the website, USW.org. International Secretary-Treasurer of the USW on this Wednesday. Mr. Johnson, thank you for holding. Welcome back. i got a list of stuff to chat with you about, ask you about. We do have some people patiently holding to uh, ask their questions as well. Uh, So if you don't mind, let's get back to the calls. We start out on Line 2 in Colorado with David. David, uh, good afternoon. Um, I know you had a question for Mr. Johnson. Uh, Please ask away. David? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, good afternoon.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to make the distinction between the Chinese government and the Chinese people. Um, I've, I've taken about nine trips to China, and, you know, I've seen uh, since 2003 when I first went, I've seen a growing of the middle class. Uh, my last trip was 2014, um, and they love us over there, you know, the, and, and I think that I agree we should bring about half the jobs back to the United States that we have in other countries, but, you know, we are, are creating peace in the way that we're sharing our prosperity. And so, um, you know, I don't like to think of China as an evil empire. They are they're just wonderful people, and their food is so much better than ours. You know, and, and there's so many things over I there. I don't know about this
0: that. I, almost everybody I know ever, ever went to China got sick. So <laughs> maybe the food's better, Maybe, but the bacteria and parasites seem to be as well. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. Um, uh, Ms. Thank, you, thank you for uh, pointing that out, the difference. Uh, Mr. Johnson, um, do you want to respond? This is not sure. an attack on the people of China. The people absolute, of China absolute. are not ma- manipulating the currency and aren't making these decisions. Heck, they're in a communist government. They have even less uh, ability to do that than we Americans do.
1: No, look, we are have always been strong supporters of workers all over the world and people all over the world. The Chinese people are, are a great people, a great population. They are hardworking, they're industrious, they're certainly intelligent and, and capable of, you know, building an economy and building a consumer economy, but they've got to be given the opportunity to do so. They've got to have the constraints that have been put on by the government taken off, so the government's not selecting and electing who prospers and who doesn't. Let the natural world of, of ingenuity and willingness to work and and those kind of things create the level of prosperity that we have built in this country so absolutely i agree wholeheartedly the chinese people are not at fault there is a definite distinction between the communist controlled chinese government and the chinese people
0: let's go to line three in massachusetts with manny manny good afternoon thank you for joining us question or comment for mr johnson
1: yeah i got a few questions um I was wondering, how much is this has to do with um, our trade deal itself, or is it just the lack of enforcement? And are we able to go back to the table and renegotiate the trade deals? And if so, how much of a feel battle would that be? But I'll take your answer off the phone my whole time. Thank Th- you very much.
0: Thank you, Manny. Mr. Johnson, I want you to respond, but I guess Manny was into my brain because one question I was going to ask you is – is productivity the culprit here or is it trade because i think most people would say it really is trade bad trade deals not uh... following trade deals that have been in place in, in the past what is your response
1: it is is—it is horrid trade deals it, are, it is not only the language of the trade deal as it was negotiated uh... We have, we have in this country used trade deals to try to democratize the world uh... and and much to the uh, negative impact to the American worker and the American population. Just as an example, everybody thinks that uh, the economy is doing badly because of 08 and 09. We lost about 1.4 million jobs in 08 and 09 in the economic recession, but we've lost 5 million manufacturing jobs since 2000. All of those job losses can really be tied to when we saw the trade deficits exploding because of the bad trade deals and because of the lack of enforcement of even the, the worst of the trade deals. So we have lost 3.6 million jobs as a result of the deficits and uh, exporting of our jobs and only about 1.4 million that actually resulted in the economic downturn in 08 and 09. So a total of 5 million, you know, family supportive, community supportive jobs have evaporated. And that is, You know, that keeps our economy flat. People say, well, why won't the economy recover? The economy recovers when people have good jobs and they spend their money and become, you know, consumers and turn money over and create wealth. And without those jobs, you can't have that kind of rebalancing and and rebuilding of wealth.
0: Okay, let's uh, let's go on to more about this because uh – you know, I want to talk numbers between January 2000 and December 2014. The United States has lost 5 million manufacturing jobs, and if we look now in the middle of 2015, we know that's going to top that number of manufacturing jobs. Uh, Mr. Johnson, is there a misperception? And, and if there is, I think it's widespread, and, and if so, why is there a, a misperception that? Uh, rapid productivity growth is the primary cause of continuing the manufacturing job losses over the past 15 years where as you just you know suggested and i think a lot of people have talked about and written about that it's trade not productivity that is the culprit so why is this uh, widespread misperception still being held
1: i think the widespread misperception is still being held because people want to use excuses rather than state the facts. And the facts are, as you said, we've lost 5 million manufacturing jobs. And if you look at when the trade deals started occurring and when the impact of those trade deals, when China went into, uh, we did PNTR with China and we've done this expansive run of trade deals from NAFTA forward, you can see the trade deficit rising. And if you see the trade deficit rising, there are charts out there that you can track the trade deficit and you can track the job loss with it. And they they run in direct correlation. So It's not about productivity. We are the most productive nation of workers in the world. We have been for decades, and we still are today.
0: I want to ask also about timeline, because I I think that is significant. When we look at the reports that show the manufacturing job losses that we've had over the past, what, decade plus five years – that job losses can be traced to growing trade deficits and manufacturing products, and that's prior to the Great Recession, and then the massive output collapse during the Great Recession. Well, we're, we're past that now, and, and it, it would seem like we're still locked in that cycle that took place prior to and during that Great Recession. Why is that, and what do we need do? to have done to get out of this cycle, because it's negatively affecting American uh, jobs, certainly, American products, and obviously the bottom line then, that that equals uh, a negative for our American economy, and and quite frankly, worldwide economy and goods.
1: Well, I, I personally believe, and we institutionally believe, that the only way that you turn the economy around is to create jobs. The only way you create jobs is to stop currency manipulation and correct the problems with the trade deals that we have that have created these explosive deficits that have continued year after year after year uh, compounding themselves. The problem is now is to convince companies to stop taking, stop exporting jobs, start importing jobs, and start exporting product. Because once we start building jobs again and rebuilding an economy, rebuilding an infrastructure, then the economic recovery will fold into that, and we'll we'll all see a massive recovery. And it doesn't matter whether you work in manufacturing or not. It, it It matters that the economy is recovering, but the economy can't recover without jobs, and that's therein lies the deepest problem.
0: Some people say private sector, some people say the president or our politicians, congressional members, and some people say it goes hand in hand. Bobby on Twitter asks you, Mr. Johnson, What's the probability that other GOP candidates will take up the message on China and its trade advantages, such as he feels Donald Trump has?
1: Uh, it's hard for me to address what the Republican candidates may or may not do. Um, sometimes it's a pretty volatile group and it's hard to follow. Uh, but uh, everyone today should be pressing every politician, and I don't really care what the party affiliation is, about what, are, what do they plan to do about rebuilding our economy? What do they plan to do about our exploding trade deficits? What do they plan to do about bringing jobs back to the U.S.? What do they plan to do about rebuilding our economy? Force the discussion. Don't let them sit there and give us soft answers that don't really mean anything and talk around the subject. We have the power to force the dialogue, we just have to start exercising that power and forcing
0: it. Thomas has a question on Twitter. He said that the devaluation of the yuan, uh, the Chinese dollar, is the big problem. But he also believes that our investing, the United States investing in the economy of China also added to that problem and compounded that issue and problem. Do you agree?
1: I agree completely, and, and not not as much the United States itself as an entity investing in China, but but multinational corporations that are based in the U.S. and multinational corporations that are based around the world investing in China to try to get that cheap labor and flip those cheap products to export back to the U.S. or export back to Europe or anywhere else around the world, that is indeed, I agree, the problem.
0: Uh, another Twitter – another tweet says, uh, don't you think businesses could take a smaller profit margin to start? You think so?
1: You know, I, I don't know that they would have to take a smaller profit margin. I am optimistic, I believe, in the American people, and I believe the American people, if they were given a choice, would choose to pay a little bit more for a higher-quality product that supports their uh, country, that supports their community, that supports their neighbors, that supports their friends, and supports our future generations. So I'm not even sure they'd have to take less profit.
0: And. For another uh, tweet, this is uh, of Belia or Belial, Uh, you know, he said that TPP, is the mark, it's not needed, it's not wanted, and it's a means to further loot people who work for a living. Agree?
1: Uh, Totally. I don't know what else to say except ditto. I agree.
0: Okay. And another one, MJ says, you know what, Uh, you know, people out there, these corporations are not taking responsibility for what's happening uh, to our country. They don't mind taking our money, neither does China.
1: Look, no one minds taking our money. No one minds taking our jobs. No one minds, you know, profiting from us. We are the ones that can fix this. We are the ones, if if, if everybody went to the big box retailer, and I won't use their name because I don't want to grace them with using their name on your show, but if everyone went to the big box retailer tomorrow and said, I will not come back here unless I can buy U.S.-made product. If millions of people would do that tomorrow, guess what? That big box retailer would change, and they would start looking for product in the U.S., and things would change. Same same thing with grocery stores. If people went in and said, if you can't tell me that this was produced, made in the U.S., whether it be chicken or fish or carrots or peas, then I'm not going to buy it. Guess what? They will find domestic sources for those things. We might go through a bump or two in the road till the domestic sources are grown back, but they'll grow back, and then we'll have a safe supply of product and a safe supply of
0: food. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with our guest and your questions here on the only true democracy in talk radio of four and by you, the people. Pick up the phone and join us. We're talking about China. We're talking about its currency manipulation. We're talking about what it's doing to keep its jobs there overseas, which, quite frankly, many of which are our jobs and our factories and our products being produced when they should be made right here in the United States. By the way, Donald Trump's full of hot air, but we, the consumers, have something to say about what he's saying and definitely have the power with our dollar as to where we spend it. When we come back, we'll talk about that and other aspects of this issue. And this is an issue that, like Mr. Johnson has said, it's not just in the past years, but in the past five or six days, what China is doing to its economy and how it is negatively affecting you and me, America, you and me in our jobs, you and me in our economy. And we can't just turn a blind eye to this, and we shouldn't any longer. I'm Leslie Marshall, back with Mr. Stan Johnson, second in command at the USW. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger, and check them out on their website, usw.org. Back after this.
1: Leslie Marshall, the simple truth in a complicated world. Give her a call now at 888 6 Leslie.
0: ranking USW official he and the USW do an incredible job for workers and the middle class but we have to look at the big picture and china is a part of uh, the big picture mr johnson thank you for holding welcome back you know frank on twitter has a tweet that he wanted to share with you I remember a lot of folks at work can't call in and and he said these so-called american companies need be, need to be told by we the consumers bring back our jobs or Else, Now, we, we do as consumers have that power, at least to a degree, Mr. Johnson, don't we? And I don't think we as consumers exercise that power or as voters exercise that power. I mean, heck, there are people that have campaigns to get John Stewart to debate a, a, uh, or to moderate a presidential debate. We should start something to uh, remind our politicians uh, that, you know, we don't want to do business there. Remind our corporations that, hey, we're going to stop buying your stuff until you bring, uh, you know, factories back and, you know, reduce the amount of goods that you have in your store or eliminate them that are made in China. And we've seen campaigns like this successful in the past. Walmart's an example of that, not across the board, but in one area.
1: No, look, I agree. We have an, an, an immense amount of power as consumers I think really the, the, the place to really voice that, that opinion is probably not with the corporation but with the retailer because the retailer will be the first to react. The corporation will believe that, well, okay, once I get it on the shelves, and the retailer, it's no big deal. Somebody's going to buy it anyway. And, and up to this point in time, quite frankly, that's been true. But if everyone would simply go to wherever they do business for the first time, look at the label, Demand asked whomever do you have this made in the US or made in North America? And if you don't, then if you would carry it, I would buy it, but I will not buy it if it's not here. And if enough people did that, several million people, and it doesn't take billion, you know, three hundred million or three hundred and thirty million, it doesn't take the entire population. It takes a, a sizable number of people to go to retailers, demand it and then you will get reaction to it. If you don't buy there and you say, I'm just not going to buy it, and don't buy it, you got to not buy it, walk out, then they'll react. And they'll react quickly. And then they'll force the corporations to back to insource jobs again.
0: I want to talk about also uh, the effects of the growing trade deficits on manufacturing employment. Um, because once again, uh, this is uh, trade. Um, in addition to consumerism what else can be done to change and offset that deficit to to be at least on an equal playing field with the amount we're exporting uh, you know as opposed to having so many more imports than we do exports with regard to products we manufacture
1: well the only way to do that is to bring the jobs back that we've shipped overseas there are so many products now that it's hard to find made in the usa products uh, it, it's sad uh, it's it's you know, it's really frustrating, but and the, the thing about it is almost everybody knows somebody that's lost their job because of unfair trade or currency manipulation, but a lot of people just don't know it, and the jobs might have been lost, too, because of, you know, who knows, they stole the technology or industrial espionage or whatever else that China does, and they do all of those things and then some, but the fact of the matter, everybody knows someone, they just may not know that that was the cause. I think we have to continue and thank you for doing your show because your show allows a, a forum in which people can voice that and other people can hear it and we can pass it along. And before long, more and more and more people are going to get on this bandwagon and we are going to start affecting change.
0: And it, most definitely that we are affecting change. And, you know, this is something, Mr. Johnson, politicians left or right should be really screaming this from the mountaintops. Left and right, America is angry about jobs that have been sent overseas and haven't been brought back. Left and right, they're angry about the disparity in wages, the income inequality. This is a message that would resonate across the board and would get those independents, those moderates, those centrists to maybe stand up, pay attention, and maybe even cast their vote for you. Why are people not talking about this more? Because seriously, if somebody stood up and said we need to bring jobs back to America but then put put, put forth a policy, Americans would pay attention. Voters would pay attention.
1: Absolutely they would. And the problem with the American political system is it's polluted with money and it's polluted with corporate money. It's polluted with multi-billionaires money. It's, uh, it's the who's willing to pay the highest dollar to get someone else elected. Uh, that's another thing that we have allowed as citizens. Uh, we didn't go out to the polls. we didn't voice our opinion. We didn't say regardless of how much money you put in commercials and how many bad commercials you run against, you know Sam Smith or Sally Doe, then we're, going to vote. we're still going to vote the right way because they believe in our same values. We have let money pollute our political system to the point that the politicians are in essence, and, meaning, and I won't say all because that's not fair. We've got some really astounding people in politics that do some phenomenal things for, for people, but there are too many people in politics that are being bought and sold and, and doing nothing but uh, what the corporations
0: Absolutely. want them to do. Absolutely. Mr. Johnson, awesome. That's a post, sir. You are a broadcast professional. Uh, Thank you for joining us as always. Mr. Stan Johnson, International Secretary, Treasurer of the USW. Follow them on Twitter at USW Blogger.
1: How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.